Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show on 77 WABC. All right, folks, welcome back. Let's do some money in politics. We got our, our gang is back. Liz Peek, Fox News contributor. Hill author Liz, what you you do? You write columns for for Fox Business too, don't you, or something? Uh, sometimes I write on the Fox website every Monday. Comes yeah. up at five a.m. on Monday, and then the Hill uh, later in the week. Okay. And Steve Moore, Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, Freedom Works, and Save America, Kill the Bill. <laughs> um, interestingly, where did I just see this? Speaking of mansion and kill the bill, now hang on one second, because I think I just saw that the, oh wait, here it is, hold on, hold on. Um, Mansion's $1.8 trillion spending offer is reportedly no longer on the table. Hey! hey. Now, now the this, this, this source of this story is somewhat suspect. It's CNBC. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But they are reporting this. Um, let's see. Joe Manchin's $1.8 trillion appears to be no longer on the table. Told reporters last week he's no longer involved in discussions, right? We knew that. His office is not responding. Uh, Manchin has spoken with a raft of officials and others seeking gain, seeking to garner his support, including senior, look at this, senior... White House aide Steve Ricchetti, Larry Cutlow, former economic advisor, and Republican Senator Mitt Ra- Oh, this is a silly. Oh, this is a Washington Post story. That's yeah, the reason. Post. Oh, okay, okay. So talk about sources. Holy cow. But um, anything, uh, I want to talk about a bunch of things. But, Steve Moore, the thing looks really dead right now. I mean, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, the case. Isn't it? I mean, this is, we have one, I know, and they're going to come back. And, you know, you could never put a spike through it, but it looks pretty dead. Isn't that right? Well, you know, this is the difference between you and me, Larry. You always see the uh, glass half full. And I see it. <laughs> 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 I, uh, look, I, I think this is a vampire bill. I think you've got to stick a stake through the heart of it. You have to mm-hmm. bury it. You have to pull, pour salt on the soil so it never goes back. I will say this, uh, that, as you know, Larry, uh, our Save America Coalition has been doing um, – almost weekly polling in West Virginia. And uh, what we found was that prior to Senator Manchin, uh, you know, uh, killing the bill back uh, about three weeks ago, he had a 52 percent approval rating. And when he announced that he was uh, against the bill and would not vote for it, his approval rating went up to almost 60 (laughs) percent. So, uh, and by the way, Biden's approval rating in in uh, his disapproval rating in West Virginia is 62%. So this is just from a matter of pure politics. 
it makes no sense for Senator Manchin to make any kind of deal with Biden. Biden has zero political capital in West Virginia. His bill, Build Back Better, is incredibly unpopular there. I would make the case that no state in the country is a bigger loser from his energy policies than West Virginia. So there's no rational reason why Joe Manchin would want to cut a deal, in my opinion. And, Liz, I think this break the filibuster thing is dead also. Uh, and, and, of course, Manchin is standing in the way of that, as is Kristen Cinema. But yep. uh, for the same kinds of political reasons, I think. I mean, uh, what does breaking the filibuster mean? It means Democrats can push forward some of these bills that are not popular, and in particular not popular in West Virginia or Arizona. So uh, it seems to me, yes, I think that is really a risky thing. I don't know what Chuck Schumer is doing trying to force a vote on the filibuster, force a vote on uh, also on the voting rights bill when he doesn't have the votes. It seems like a really desperate move to me and something that could really boomerang in terms of hurting uh, senators from uh, moderate districts, which which, you know, which are not on board with uh, the kind of uh, proposals that the Democrats have been putting out there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why that's why I, you know, I think Larry and I have been saying, and you too, let's let's have these votes. Come yeah. on, <laughs> bring them yeah. up. Let's see how the senators vote on filibuster. Let's see how they vote on Build Back Better. Let's see how they vote on this outrageous, uh, you know, so-called Voting Rights Act. Uh, the um, these things are incredibly unpopular with the American people when when they understand what they're about. And incidentally, Joe Manchin has said something very wise. Even when Republicans tried to get rid of the filibuster, by the way, Larry, I was always against this. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, the filibuster is really so critical to the idea of of uh, the rights of the minority. We we are yeah. not majority rule in America, and it's a it's an incredibly important tool to protect. And guess what? The Democrats aren't going to always have the majority in the Senate, right. as Manson said. So it, this would work very much against them when they lose the Senate. So Pelosi's uh, saying he's going to give his State of the Union March fourth, which is very late. Uh, it's usually in the last week of January. But I, I'm just thinking, get your views. Uh, by March 4th, they will have lost the filibuster argument. They have lost the nationalizing election argument. They have lost the Build Back Better argument. His agenda will be collapsed, and his presidency continues to go downhill. And he's not going to change. He's going to get up there and sell stuff that the Senate and the rest of the country don't want, Liz. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean he's setting himself up for even worse uh, political ramifications. His polls will go even lower. He will be lucky to have polling that's higher than the temperature outside. <laughs> and that's saying something today. Uh, you know, I think the calculus must be on setting the date so late that things are just horrible right now, uh, and yeah. they have to get better. And I and I'm assuming she's in particular thinking that they can indeed meet in person and have this. Uh, seance, you know, in March, because the Omicron uh, surge will have gone by. You know, I think it's a leap and a prayer, and who knows really what kind of State of the Union address he's going to give. But right now, my gosh, you know, aside from other things, I think people are finally beginning to say, where did the money go? I mean, where is that $5.4 trillion that Congress has approved when the when the White House 
is going to Congress, according to the Washington Post, or mm-hmm. about to, and ask for more money mm-hmm. for testing and therapeutics. Yes. I mean, this honestly, when I heard this yesterday, my head exploded. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you cannot be serious. And and when you start digging into the numbers, where are the areas where they have underspent even what was allocated? Healthcare is number one. They haven't spent so, the money. Why haven't they spent great, the money? Because they're unbelievably inept. <laughs> and I think people are beginning to cotton on to that. You're making a great point, and that the I guess it's the irony of this. You never know when to laugh or, or cry. But when they remember when they passed their 1.1 trillion dollar so-called sham infrastructure bill, one of the ways they quote paid for it was to take un, yeah. unspent money from the you know COVID relief bill because we're not going to need this. Now they <laughs> they've spent that money, so now they have to come back for more more COVID relief money. And there's one other really important point tied to what you're saying, which is. We spent $130 billion, not $130 million, $130 billion, Larry, on the schools. Yes. Now the schools are all shut down again in, in, in Philadelphia, in Chicago, in Newark, in San Francisco. What the hell is going on here? Reagan moment. Reagan you know, moment. Steve, if you read, uh, I'm sure you did, a lot of what was in the um, rescue plan, a lot of that money went out with absolutely no strings attached. It was right. not... Uh, even it was not even purported to facilitate opening schools. It was basically just a payoff to the teachers' unions, and I mean that sounds pretty harsh. But that's when you when you allocate. In fact, the total amount allocated over the last two and a half years to education two hundred eighty three billion dollars. Again, yeah. where has the money gone? But I want so- to point out one other thing. The, of that total $5.4 trillion, and there, by the way, <laughs> who knew, there is a watchdog group that has was set up yeah. with the first big CARES Act, and that it does have numbers on where all the money was supposed to be allocated. Of the $5.4 trillion, only 351 was for health care. I mean, doesn't anyone else think that's pretty bizarre when, when than- this whole effort had to do with a pandemic? Less than 10%. Yeah, I less had, than 10%. I had Kathy McMorris-Rogers... And uh, Jason Smith on, uh, yeah. they're they're crusading for this. They were on the show last night, and they make that point. Uh, what nine cents out of every dollar? That's all that was spent on COVID, and yeah. they don't know where the money is. And the idea that they're going to come back for more COVID money oh, is yeah. utterly insanity, utterly insane. But I just don't want to let this go on the teachers, Steve. You're right. I've been saying it. It's time for a Reagan moment. Fire the striking teachers. Fire them. Absolutely. And I had, uh, let's see, Marsha Blackburn was on, and she said, yeah, and she said, take their money back. She wants to take their money back, which I think is terrific. This is, and for people who, you know, who are of a younger age who may not know what Larry and I are referring to is when Reagan uh, I think it was in his first months in office, wasn't yep. it, Ray? Uh, Early 81. Uh, Early 81. Yeah. He he fired these uh, illegally striking air traffic control controllers who thought they could, you know, shut down the interior, entire um, airline industry and all air travel in America. And Reagan very courageously and smartly against, I mean, everyone was shocked when he did it. He said, okay, you guys aren't going to show, show up to work. It's an illegal strike. We're going to fire you. And he kept the... There were they kept the whole system running, didn't mm-hmm. they, Larry? Yes, yeah. they kept yeah, the yes. How running. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't want to go on an airplane back then. <laughs> well, they had, yeah. but the, not all the workers went on strike, and they worked yeah. overtime. And they, but anyway, the point is, 
that it was quite popular with the American people. Yep. And here's the interesting thing. What I think that these governors should do and, and mayors is, is ca- call this a, you know, an emergency, a, a health and safety emergency, and they should void the union contracts. Yes. You know, oh, contracts. love that. What a good idea. And void those contracts and say, you know what, this is you are out of control. This is this is an endangerment to our kids and find replacements to come mm-hmm. in and teach. I'm from Chicago, as you guys know, and everybody I knew. No, even my liberal friends are, are, are angry about this. Mm-hmm. And the mayor, the mayor said that the quote, the teachers unions in Chicago are holding our kids Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's a Democrat. The problem yeah. with what you propose, Steve, is that the Democrats are terrified of the teachers' unions. It's not just the money that they contribute every election cycle, which has gone up steadily over the last two decades. It's so it's tens of millions of dollars now in every election cycle. It's also the people. The, who do you think is harvesting ballots? Who do you think goes mm-hmm. and knocks on doors? This is not... Uh, and a figment of my imagination. This is what the teachers' unions are useful for. So, uh, you know, Lori Lightfoot, to her credit, is taking them on in Chicago. Uh, I think it's a horrible thing that the teachers are doing there. I, I There is some uh, part of me that rather small part of me that really kind of enjoys watching them go at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of the same part that enjoyed seeing that the DNC staff – has unionized. Did you guys see that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love and, and that. I say hurrah. Um, hurrah. Joe Biden is pushing unions as hard as he can. Let's just <laughs> the DNC deal with that. But this but, is a serious thing. And it, by the way, Steve, it is a health emergency. Kids is. are suffering. Lightfoot yeah. called it an illegal action. That's why she should fire them and, yep. you're, and she should end their contract. She won't because she's a wuss, but she should. It would yeah. be a terrific thing. By the way, have you been following this story? Nancy Pelosi, I have to have a whole... I think Nancy Pelosi is against Build Back Better. The reason I think that is we took a look at her stock market portfolio, okay? She is <laughs> she is opposed to ending stock trading, okay? And now I know why. Take a look at what she owns. Liz, she owns all these tech stocks. She's made a fortune on tech stocks. Well, why would she want to raise the capital gains tax, for example? Right. <laughs> I mean, right. have you looked at – it's a fascinating story. And she has – I couldn't figure out why she was so soft on this uh, ethics of stock well, trading. Because it personally hurts her. She's made, what is it, $30 million recently mm-hmm. trading tech stocks. But, you know, Larry, this, this does kind of get my goat. Because if you're, in the, if you're a banker these days, you are not allowed to trade any individual stocks. Basically – and, and think about this in the context that these people, they're supposed to really understand and know markets and supposed to be personally involved in them to that to some degree. Okay, so there are really draconian laws about what bankers can and cannot do. Why shouldn't Congress be subject to the same kinds of laws? They are making and passing bills all the time that really impact the future of uh, industries. And by the way, they know ahead of time that's going to happen. And there have been instances of people trading ahead of something quite significant happening in the way of an FDA drug approval or whatever, I think they should be held to the same standard. Well, I'm very impressed with their portfolio. I'm very (laughs) impressed with their trading acumen. And I now understand why, for example, she doesn't want to tax on unrealized capital gains. I wouldn't either. Gee, Willie. Um, One other point, uh, Liz, good, good, good column here. 
voters are fed up with Democrats' obsession with race. Okay, and, you know, I had Steve Miller is crusading in New York. Steve Moore, do you know this governor of New York, Hochul, um, COVID uh, therapies, you know, and related things. I don't know if it includes tests, but um, monoclonal therapies and so forth. Uh, are being allocated in New York on the basis of race. Have you seen this story? Which I, Liz, I don't know if you talked about it. I didn't read the yeah, column. I, I just saw the I title. Did. I mean, that is a horrible, yeah. horrible thing. It's also probably against the law, but um, imagine that. White people cannot from, get monoclonal uh, remedies. I have a friend who, just, who lives in New York City and... Uh, wanted to get a uh, and has COVID and went to the drugstore to get the treatment, Larry, and they asked him his race. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so it's not just, I mean, I didn't think this idiotic policy would be enforced, but apparently it is being enforced. Well, at least they're they're deriving the information to allow it to be enforced. But by the way, this came directly from the White House. If you look at the, one of the executive orders that Biden passed early in his earliest days, you know, dozens of executive orders, it specifically talked about making sure that health care remedies and therapeutics and so forth were, uh, the allocation of them were impacted to some degree or influenced by race. I mean, and if you go through, let's face it, every single thing that the White House talks about, what is the FDA up to? What is what is the Federal Reserve? What is the Federal Reserve doing? They're so worried about what are they worried about? They're worried about racial equity mm. in not only the staffing of the Federal Reserve, but in fact, in terms of policy. I, I really think it's gone too far. And in fact, you can see it in the polling, Larry, um, on civil rights. Uh, polling is like in the in low uh, double digits, like 13 percent approval. And it's because Hispanics, by the way, and whites really don't like what he's doing. Mm. You know, Steve, go back. I think it was in the emergency rescue bill, the $2 trillion bill last winter. There were loans. I don't recall this exactly. Oh, but the farmers. Farmers, right. Yeah. That's what I was going yeah. at. Yeah. That was based on race. If yeah, you have I mean, to be a minority to be eligible for these farm loans, and if your skin is white, you're ineligible. Look, what America wants is a colorblind society, <laughs> and we've just completely moved away from that. And, and Liz is right. The left's obsession with race, I think, has gone way too far, and I think most Americans object to it. You know, we want uh, to judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their mm-hmm. skin, and, and every federal program now is doing exactly the opposite. Isn't it yes. shocking that, that there's even a consideration of something like that? I mean, in the schools, uh, you know, in New Hampshire, for example, they passed a bill outlawing the teaching that uh, a kid could be outlawed, teaching that kids could be shamed or um, kind of made to feel terrible about themselves because of the color of their skin. The teachers' union sued against that. Mm. They don't. They don't want to be prohibited from that. Martin Luther King must be turning over in his grave because, as you said, Steve. I mean, he wanted us to be colorblind and not have the color of our skin determine our uh, anything about us. Well, this is exactly the. This is new age discrimination, and I think it's disgusting. I mean, I I just think. 
people are turned off by this. And was it you? Did you just say, I mean, Hispanics are turned off by this, aren't they? I think they are because they know it isn't really race. It's not really minorities. It's African-Americans. And they, I think they're resentful that so much of the uh, attention has been paid to the plight of black Americans and not Hispanics. So I do, I do think that they, which by the way, when you look at polling now, Hispanics are the big surprise, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in, in some polls it's 50-50 Republican, Democrat, and boy, nobody expected that. So, so by the way, Steve, the people who are most uh, who are most injured by the racial preferences, because there's a big case in front of the Supreme Court now on, on racial preferences at universities, but it's not whites who are the biggest victims of mm-hmm. racial preferences. It's mm-hmm. Asians. Yeah. Do you know, by the way, that the average uh, under uh, when Trump left office, the median household income of Asian Americans, Indian Americans, uh, you know, uh, Chinese Americans, Taiwanese, you know, blah, 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 hundred thousand dollars a year is the median. Mm. I yeah. mean, Asians are incredibly uh, mm. successful. By the way, they have brown skin. <laughs> this is supposed to be a racist country. So the average is about sixty five thousand. So you're saying they're at a hundred. You know, they're, they're like 98,500. Wow. Yeah. And they're uh, higher than whites. It's higher than whites. Higher than whites, yeah. yeah. And by the way, even, it's interesting, even there's two uh, black African countries where immigrants from those countries have a higher average income than whites do. Hmm. So we're not a racist society. That, it, yeah. it really just shows that, uh, you know, and Hispanics have the fastest increase in their incomes Mm. so we're doing pretty well on the race issue when you look at incomes but you know democrats really don't liberals don't want to hear about that steve they don't want the facts they don't want to think things are better because it's such a useful uh the grievance issue is such a a useful political hammer for them it's discouraging well steve uh speaking of facts uh biden's presser yesterday after the jobs report he he attacked us. He said supply siders and so-called yeah. growth people are wrong. All mm-hmm. we do is make the rich richer. And yeah. he says he's got a new plan. He's got a new policy, which I said, yeah, it's inflation. It's the highest inflation in 40 years. But, I mean, he he attacked you, Steve Moore. Almost, I mean, I think he was ready to put your name in there, but it wasn't in the teleprompter. <laughs> Yeah, and he said how well workers are doing. His big problem is that the report that came out yesterday – uh, uh, let's see, wages are up over the last year 4.65%. Seven, yeah, yeah. But, but inflation is up 6.9%. And that is a that means workers' paychecks under Biden are shrinking in terms of purchasing power. Well, he's got an entirely different new economic approach. That's what he said. Larry, your article in The Sun right now is, is very good on that, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I took him to task. Um I think he was going after Steve Moore. I think he had Steve singled right up. <laughs> next next time he's gonna next time he's gonna name names, but it wasn't in the teleprompter. Happy New Year, kids. You're both Happy wonderful. Steve Moore, Liz Peak, thanks ever so much. Talk soon. See you soon. Folks, that's gonna wrap it up. I'm Larry Kudlow. Please join us during the week. Fox Business, four to five PM. The show's called Kudlow, and we will see you on radio next weekend. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 